Thank you for joining today. So I'm Brad Levitt, host and founder of A Finer Touch Construction, and we're super excited to bring this amazing guest list to you of people that specialize in business, marketing, social media, entrepreneurship, and most of all, how to build a great company. AFT is a local commercial and residential general contractor located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we are continuously seeking ways to bring value to our industry, clients, and network. Please subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And of course, a big thanks to our sponsor, Sub-Zero Wolf Southwest, for making the show possible. So if you're starting a new kitchen, the Sub-Zero Wolf & Co. showroom is the place to start. It provides an immersive environment to help you realize the possibilities of your future kitchen. Discover what it may feel like, look like, taste like, all in an exploratory, no-pressure showroom. No matter who you are, consumer, owner, or member of the trade community, the showroom is ready to assist you throughout your entire project. I visit the Sub-Zero Wolf & Co. showroom in North Scottsdale quite often. It's actually just a few blocks here from my office, so it's the perfect place to meet with my clients and the designer on the project. When we arrive, we meet with a showroom consultant whose sole focus is catering the visit to our needs. They seek to understand what products may be best suited for the client and then explain and demonstrate special features and functionality. We can browse the complete line of Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove appliances and then view them in beautifully designed vignettes, helping my clients envision how the appliances might look like in their home. The best part, consumers can interact with the products, turn the knobs, open the drawers, and ignite the flames, discovering the best fit for them. With the hope of the showroom consultant, each visit is truly unique to the client. The relationship with the showroom does not end with the appliance selection process. Throughout the entire project, the showroom team is there to provide helpful solutions and offer advice and assistance. After appliances are installed, owners can expect a lifetime of support and helpful resources. The Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove showroom is the place to start experience and bring your vision to life. Schedule an appointment at your nearest showroom by visiting www.subzero-wolf.com backslash showroom. And our guest today is Eric Tendler, who is the chief of sales at Cambria. And his role is the responsibility to identify target segments, resolving logistical obstacles and bottlenecks and generating demand through innovation. He oversees Cambria worldwide sales activity and is tasked with activating aggressive and insightful efforts to further build sales channels across the continent. Eric was born and raised in Israel and served in the Israel Defense Force until 1986, at which time he joined his family stone fabrication business, one of the first ever fabricators to cut cords. In just a few short years, he grew the family business into an industry leader and one of the largest champions of Caesar Stone in Israel. In 1999, Tenla relocated to Los Angeles and established Caesar Stone in the U.S. market, extending its stronghold by servicing over 40,000 architects and designers across the country and achieving more than 10,000 points of sales in the kitchen and bath space. Tendler sold his Caesar Stone shares in 2011 to spend more time with his family, wife Deborah, and daughters Romy, Leanne, and Emmy, and to pursue passion projects before eventually making a return in 2016 to launch boutique brand Vadara Cords in the United States. Having successfully infiltrated the American quartz market twice in the fall of 2019, Tenlin brought his 30-plus years experience to the Cambria team as its chief of sales, bringing the role of deep knowledge of the market, solid relationships with industry players, and the expertise to accelerate distribution, sales, and fabrication efforts. Cambria has the best team, brand, quality, infrastructure, the best of everything, really, said Tenler. Everyone dreams of selling a Rolls-Royce, and here he is selling the Rolls-Royce. Tendler is based out of Los Angeles, California, and again, we brought him on, as you'll see, to really dive into sales and marketing and how to build an important sales team, which is so important to any product or brand. So welcome today to Construction Podcast. I'm Brad Levitt, and today we are bringing Eric Tendler with us. Welcome, Eric. Hey, hi. It's great to be here. Well, we're excited to have Eric. So the reason we're bringing on Eric, so he is the chief sales officer of Cambria, who many of you that follow us know we do a lot with Cambria and have a great relationship with them. And Eric has tremendous background and experience. He uh, started Caesar Stone and sold in 2011. He started Fedara, so has tremendous experience building brands, building companies, product manufacturing, Salesforce. So Eric, I'm going to jump into this. You know, you've been incredibly successful building companies, as we just mentioned. So when you're looking to build a company, like what's one of, you know, the first steps that someone should take? Starting a new company, okay, that's the that's a wide question. Obviously, um, for me, starting obviously, if you have, if, if you have the the, the, the the idea, the 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 product, um, I grew up in the stone business, so for me, stone is all I know. Be honestly, 
I didn't try anything else. I tried some construction, but you do a better job than me, I guess. Uh, for me, it was always about the stone. So for me, is looking for the right product is obviously number one. And then you got the packaging part, which is uh, we might going to talk about it later more, which is more on the marketing side of it. And uh, putting together the finding the right channel I want to go after and put the people around it, which is maybe the most uh, most important piece in this whole formula. And from that point, it's the beauty of business of keep on monitoring, checking, digging uh, of every aspect of the business while we move on. But and then, it's. Yeah. yeah, and it's amazing you bring that up because I made some notes here. I mean, you were talking about, you know, the product, which is you have to have some product to, to you know, build your business around the packaging, marketing, which we'll get into. But you said something about people because, you know, the salespeople, you know, you have this brand, this personality, Eric, as you can get out there and you really hit it off with people really quickly, right? That's a talent. It's also a skill that you can get better over time. So how are you finding like, how did you find the right people to help start building your brands? And especially now with Cambria to have such a good sales force. Uh, that's, uh, that's the million dollar, uh, the hundred million dollar question, obviously. Um, building a sales team in every company, even if you have one employee or you have hundreds or thousands of salespeople, um, it's the DNA of the company, obviously. Uh, but, but building the team from scratch and, and uh, as much as I want, I cannot take the credit at Cambria as of yet. I can talk about <laughs> previous, about history more. Um, you know, there's some there's some things in you, in us, that it's it's hard to measure and it's also hard to learn. So, as you mentioned, uh, Brad, is you know, it's the same thing with you. I mean, I, you can you can explain what you're doing. Not everybody can duplicate and copy. You know, we have our personality. So, for me, a great salesman, uh, if you will, is somebody who got the full package. He got the, he's got the ability to open the door and stay in the room, even if somebody want to throw him out. But it's somebody with common sense that I always say common sense is something you cannot learn. You either have it or not. You have, you got to be able to connect the dots. You got to be able uh, to work hard. Uh, you got to be self motivated, which is again I can I cannot I cannot teach you to be self motivated if you not wake up in the morning early and think about. Uh, but but I think the common ground is passion. You have to have passion for it. Same thing as you have passion to construction and, and, and real estate. Same thing is here. I, I personally have a, I'm a passionate guy and I work for my guts and I got to feel good if, in what I'm doing. And that's what's motivating me. And that's my drive. So the same thing I'm looking at somebody. When somebody comes to an interview, I'm looking in his eyes. I want to see if he's got the fire in him. I want to see if he's got the passion in him. And that's usually the way I start from that point. You obviously have your your uh, c connectivity. You talk to people. You you monitor people. You measure things. Uh, you measure the process. So it's it's a pretty large puzzle. But got everything got to start with personality. And I know it's it's, it's it's again it's a wide word and it's hard to measure. But that's the bad news here. It's it's hard, but some people have it, and that's what you need to look for. So, so when you're, my, yeah, and, and the way to apply that, I mean, I know that you, you know, you're coming from a sales and marketing and building a business, but even my side, you know, I'm looking to hire people for my company and that's always the toughest thing. Okay. I'm getting all these candidates and looking through their resumes and you said something key, you know, you talked about passion, right? Because it's really hard to motivate or not to motivate, but to track and identify someone's self-motivation but if there's passion in the interview if there's passion in the research they've done and one thing i know um there was one um uh, mentor of mine he had talked about hey brad this isn't in all cases but in some he likes people that have played athletics because there's a competitive side right to him he wants something that's competitive and so you know how you know how are you identifying the passion because really the the passion of your sales force the self-motivation is going to make or break your business Absolutely, but let me. It's funny that you're saying this because we got to be very careful from falling into this. I call it a formula trap, which means okay, everybody is athletic, have been a professional player before, is an automatically a great passion, so it's a great candidate, right? I can't even tell you how many times I fail with people that came with pretty amazing resume, amazing athletic background. Uh, including an ex, one or two ex uh, professional golf player that I've, I've been involved with. Uh, 
so it's really hard to 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 categorize them from that perspective because I've seen some people who are amazing in sport and passion that doesn't they don't have the passion for sales and vice versa by the way. So as I said, you know I'm looking for as many uh, uh, important points for me. Passion is number one. Common sense. Can you connect the dots? I've I've seen a lot of people with a lot of passion and 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 horsepower and the running in the meeting. But they were not that good in connecting the dots, understanding the, the and my business is a bit different, um, but you still need in every business connect the dots between the clients, the product, the people, the, and everything together. So you gotta be smart about it. Um, I never met people that are really successful that are not smart, be able to connect everything. Uh, ask the extra question, uh, be able to service the clients. So service uh, um, and, and not being, um, for lack of a better word, not being a flake, be able to return a call. Uh, so it's it's so it's a bunch of things together in order to be the to have the perfect storm, if you will. So how how are you training that culture? Because one thing I'll, I'll say from my experience, you know, we have some amazing reps that represent the Cambria brand here in my market, and just from a national perspective. And anytime I've reached out, right there. Always respond to me immediately if I need samples. I'll have it the next day. So how you know how are you teaching that culture or making that culture? I mean, are, is there um, you know trainings that go in when you hire someone? Are you breaking this down? I mean, how could we we have a better formula for any business? You know, to to make sure that the people at the end of the chain that are out there sales selling for us, you know, have that same mindset. Uh, the, the quick the quick answer is lead by example. That's a quick answer, but obviously when you start to have hundreds of salespeople, it's hard to lead by examples because don't everybody sees you. But that's the way it started. I never met a nice, a, a, a nice, pleasant salespeople or salesmen reporting to a not nice company's owners. I know it sounds awful, but that's exactly what it is. Usually you come, you see a company that's managed by nice people you're getting great and nice salespeople. But it's everything got to start somewhere. So I can talk on behalf of my life in Cambria. Cambria, I have a four weeks orientation time. So once you go through all the screening of the HR, which is like at least like three, four different interviews, that's how much we care about our people. And then you go through four weeks of orientation. Part of it in the office, part of it is in, in, in the field. And what we're trying to... The, the top management will spend time with this, with every one of those salespeople, regardless of what is the position, and try to reflect and show them the way we do business, the way we like it. But the bad news is you cannot fake things. I mean, you can write a book about the hiring and the orientation for a new employee. People see pretty quickly if this there's if there's substance behind it, if you really uh, also can walk the walk, not just the talk. And that's, and that's the biggest thing. You know, you'll never call me and, and see that my voice is, is full. You cannot leave a message. And that's why I'm expecting that none of my people have the same thing. If I call you and your voicemail is full, that means you didn't check it for a long time. That means you have a bunch of clients over there waiting for your answer. For God's sake, that's impossible. So, if, if you leave me a message, I call you right away. I'm expecting every one of my people to do the same thing. If a, if a, if a dealer call me, Eric, I, need a, I have a question, I just need a sample. I'll be there immediately or next day. Same thing I'm expecting my team. So, you know, so just, just coming with slogans, hey, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. It's all nice, but it's, it doesn't hold the water. Eventually, a company have to develop a, a, a culture. As, as you said it, and culture comes with all these pieces. First of all, you got to lead by example. You got to care about your people. You got to really care. It. You cannot again. You cannot fake it. So I think it can build it over time because anything else is just going to be, a, you know, an empty messages. So that's I think our secret to success. I I love that. It's funny your mindset as you were sharing that. It reminded me. I listened to a podcast from Luann who does a well-designed business, and she had one of the executives at Disney from Disney Corporation. And they're very similar. Like you just mentioned that you do five weeks of orientation and and their philosophy at Disney is like, um, you know, you hire slow, but you fire fast. And, and really, you know, it's, it's 
there's so much training that goes into that culture and communication, just as you said, you know, just a simple thing, right? Keep your voicemails empty so that people can leave messages and respond and you can get back to them and lead by example. So one of the challenges you have, you know, at Cambria's, and I'm sure you can allude to this, you know, building Caesar Stone and Vidara is that, you know, you have distribution. Okay. So you have to work with, you, you know, you have a sales team that's working with builders and designers, you know, to get that product known, the marketing side, but then you have, you know, big countertop companies, right. That are doing the fabrication and other distribution in different parts of the country. So it's one thing to train your own sales staff. That's rep, you know, that's under the Cambrian umbrella. How, how are you training the dis, the distributors and making sure that they're still the same vision and quality and execution that you expect from, from Cambria? Oh, that's the challenge. <laughs> you hit it on the head. Um, the challenge that you have as the, as the manufacturer or the brand when it's come to distribution is to find the, the distributor that's willing to give you the bandwidth, that's willing to give you the attention to your product. Because that's usually where the challenge is. I mean, not too many distributors will let you train their people or work with the people. The majority of the old traditional distribution channels was, okay, given the product, you know what, maybe I can, I'll take with you the, the price structure that you recommend. Let me see how much money I can make in between. And I'll do what I want to do. Uh, maybe, you know, some are good, some are, are worse. Uh, there are different of them. At Cambria, thank God, we have the luxury of, of pick the best of the best. And, um, and by the way, we only have... Um, I would say quarter of our sales go through areas where we have a distributor. But again, only because we left with the best of the best that we could find. And it's not that simple. As I said before, this is uh, the challenge is to find the people that give you enough attention and love. And even in this case, I can tell you that we have a pretty unique uh, structure that even in these markets, we have our own people on the ground working with the distributor people. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty hybrid uh, uh, hybrid uh, model that works for us. So let me ask you this, because one thing I noticed is different about working with Cambria as opposed to, you know, other competitors is that, you know, some other brands, and I won't name them, you know, I can send them to any fabricator in town. It's not really an issue. But with Cambria, you know, there, there's an approved list, right? There's an approved list of fabricators and there's certain requirements, you know, from their facility to equipment to quality to communication, right, that you have this stipulation. So who's... Um, you, you know, how is that handoff? You mentioned the sales team. Is the sales team the one that's training and approving the, you know, the fabricators and distrib distributors in our area? It's a combination. It's a combination between the local people. And, you know, we have market reps in the, in, in the area. We have a uh, uh, division manager. We have regional managers. But they working uh, together with our technical team that, that sits in our headquarters in Minnesota. And they work together. Uh, you know, 20 years in the business, we pretty much know, I, would, I don't want to say everyone, but the majority would definitely know the better people. Um, and, 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 you know, I'll, I'll even add another piece. Why, the, uh, the second question is, why don't we offer it through everyone? You know, we are the, the most luxurious uh, and different course out there. Uh, I can get into more depth later about the quality and what's the differences, but we cannot afford that the butcher going to work with with the product. It's just not going to look good. So when you're a client, take you and your clients, and I know your client. I mean, your clients expect the best of the best, and they're paying to Cambria for Cambria a bit more, not a lot, but a bit more. But they're expecting more. So when things are not going to look right, you're going to get a call, which means I'm going to get the call three seconds later, and I will send the technician to fix it. So. We basically want to make sure we're trying to measure twice and cut once. Uh, I want to make sure the product you're getting is is perfect, and that's why we got to have a better screening. And that's therefore we're using the local people to get it with our technical team, which is uh, I think we spent on technical team for backup to fabricators, screening, helping, um, warranty from every technical aspect, more than any company that I know in the industry. So I, I love what you shared, and I think there's a lot of application for someone such as me who's a general contractor. So anyone that's listening, whether they're an architect or designer or builder 
or even a business owner, manufacturer. I mean, what you what you're walking us through is not only the culture and the process and the training. So it's really important that you train, you know, five weeks of orientation with a new hire at Cambria. You know, they're going to go through this extensive thing to learn the culture. Then you're training, you know, with your technical team and your market reps and then corporate, you know, you're training the fabrication and the people that are executing, you know, the butcher of your, of your meat, right? They're, they're the ones who are now going to install your product. You want to make sure there's some levels there. And I think what's important for me is, okay, on one hand, I need to be organized as a builder that I have my team trained, oriented to understand my culture at AFT. But I also need to have that same training with my trade partners and subcontractors and suppliers all the way down the chain because, in essence, the work they're going to be doing in the field, whether it be my painter or my concrete guy, they have to be in line with the vision, site cleanliness, quality that I'm expecting. And so what you're saying is that you have people that are managing that and training that all the way down the line. Absolutely, and you can see it in your pro in, in in your project too. It's it's going from you all the way down. You come to your office is clean, is arranged. Uh, you you you're stripping a, a a project. You work accordingly, uh, professionally, and every one of your trades is the same thing. Uh, we, we're talking about the exact same things. I I love that, Eric. And and let me ask you this because I'm sure you get this a lot in your position. You know, you're you're working with so many different personalities and companies. Everyone wants a deal. So one of the challenges I get is they'll say, Hey, Brad, can you do it for less? Can you do it for cheaper? You know, what's my discount? And and you get this pushback. Or the designer may say, Can you do it for less fee? Or the architect. I'm sure you get that too. Okay, Eric, you have a great product. It's expensive. Give me a better deal as your distributor. You know, as your salesperson. So how do you manage? all these different personalities that are asking for price mm -hmm. breaks and still coordinate that and keep the Cambria brand. You know what? It's uh, it, it, I, I, honestly, this is the easiest, this is the easiest part of the job at Cambria. We are not the cheapest <clears throat> by far. We definitely the best by far. And, and usually people in the industry even understand why. And I, again, I'll get in depth into it later if you want. Uh, we just do not, Start to deal on any on 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 the prices. Price for us is not something. Listen, we spend way more, way more than anybody else on the actual product, and uh, we have our price structure. It is what it is. We're not starting to do a, a negotiation on every deal. The only thing that can make a difference is obviously if you're a client of significantly bigger than anybody else than the average we, we got all the data obviously so and you buy full truck loads directly so we need to understand so so we have a very strict and very clean and very understandable a price list it's not that complicated and we don't start to negotiate on every client so everybody it's not a race between who's negotiating better let's put it this way very simple, very to the point, uh, very professionally. And honestly, that's not our challenge here. That's, uh, you know, we have our own stuff, but uh, prices is not uh, something we open for everyday negotiation. Well, that's good. So how do, you, how do you manage a distributor? Let's say that you're having challenges with some of these distributors, um, whether it be in performance or quality. You know, what? how does that now come into your lap where you're having to address that? When you're saying distributor, just to make sure we're on the same page, are you talking about the distributor that represents me in territory X and selling Canberra to everybody, or are you talking about a dealer that's supposed to meet Mrs. Jones? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm speaking of, um, you know, let's say it's a countertop fabricator, right, that's been pre-qualified with Cambria. You know, if they're having performance or quality issues, as you send out the Cambria tech to check, you know, as there's warranty or customer service, you know, how do you address that relationship and training with the actual fabricator. Got it. Okay. So that's a bit different. Yeah. Listen, a hundred percent of our sales go through stone fabricators. We don't cut ourselves. You know, everything go through stone, stone guys. Uh, we have warranty in place, warranty with a lifetime warranty. We have people on the ground, people calling us, people, uh, uh, we have communication. So if you're a stone guy and I'm, I'm hearing, I'm getting complaints because usually that's the way I mean, we, we're getting the calls because when we go to our to just to check on people, you know, everybody looks great. Everybody will, will talk to talk. I mean, the real the real test coming from the architects, from the designers, from the builders and from the clients, for the, from the consumer. So once I hear a problem, so we we go personally to check each and every one of the of these of these issues. And if I'll see that you as a fabricator kind of, you know, 
uh, it's because of you. I'm going to give you a call and say, listen, you know, things happen. Uh, let's fix it. Uh, we can work together on this. And eventually what happened in the majority of the, of, of the cases, that's how it's been fixed. Uh, here and there, there's some people that we unfortunately get into a point that we cannot afford to do business with anymore. It's because um, uh, with everything we do, with everything we spend and invest, we want to make sure that the consumer is super happy with the product. And there's no reason not to. Because stone business, there's some amazing trade uh, trade people that can do a great job. And there's no reason why the consumer won't be super happy with the final product. If somebody's, you know, keep on um, butchering the way I call it, the product, that's not for me. No, I love that you said that because I think it's really important for any brand, right? We have a reputation. There's a quality. There's a level that we're trying to get everyone to uphold to. And so how are you teaching that story? I mean, one it's one thing internally that Cambria has this mentality and ethos, right, of how they're going to do business and the the levels that you're going to hold everyone accountable to. So how do you brand that? How do you market that? How do you put that on social media? How do you train that to the marketplace? Again, for me, you know, I work on different channels. So obviously my my, my communication is different and it's based on a, on a channel. So if we are, we dealt with the fabricators, listen, Stone Guy is a Stone Guy. He knows the business. Uh, we we take him through our, our um, training uh, we heading and teach uh, the fine tuning of the differences between Cambria and the rest of the natural stone or quartz. They learn to work with us. They understand our service level. From that point, there's not so much I need. It needs to hear from me. Besides, technical support we needed. The communication that we have to the others, which means interior designers, architects, um, builders, uh, kitchen and bath, it's uh, it's it's a bit different. You know, we're talking about point of sale. We're talking about no, the knowledge. We're talking about the different designs we have. You know, just think about communicating. We have 200 designs, yeah. which is yeah, which is unheard of. So we need to communicating uh, to communicate 200 designs to every one of these channels. Do you know that every one of them I can offer you in one cm, two cm, and three cm polish and matte? Here we go. This is like a th- this is uh, time, so it's a 200 times five now, uh, and. Uh, and, and, and explain you that you can get uh, finance from us because, you know, we offer an amazing finance option for remodeling. So it's up to 70 grand. You can you can give a, a Cambria finance to your client. So there's a lot of things we need to push through the channels. Obviously, it's a challenge. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And that, that's really important because I think most people don't realize that there's 200 different options. And then, as you mentioned, you have one, two and three CM and then you can do matter polish and it doesn't affect the integrity, and if they go mad or, you know, that's more of a honed look, but, uh, but they have those options out there and you're trying to manage all that. That's uh, exactly what it is. Um, and again, when it's come to kitchen and bath, it's easier because there's a um, room to put a display, a room to put a samples. But when you go to designers these days, when the space, when the shelf uh, uh, space is, is way, way less than before and people like to work digitally now, uh, communication uh, and that's why there's new technology these days thank god but that's the challenge you know we we try as as i mentioned before to work with the people or with the best of the best making sure they understand they see the difference and understand who's cambria and what are we bringing to them and uh, we try to communicate through social obviously through all the other electronic uh vehicles that out there we go and see each and every one of them, pretty much. Uh, I mean, put aside this COVID, this crazy COVID times, but in general, we are seeing our our partners often. Yeah, that's that's our journey. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because you touched about that. So how is social media? I mean, because you built these amazing companies, right? We all, everyone knows Caesar Stone and Vidari. You built those; they're tremendously successful. Now Cambria, you know, so you've seen marketing change, you've seen advertising change. You know, how has social media now impacted kind of what you're doing and your vision with with Cambria and your your new role? Wow, that's a world changing event. Uh, let me tell you that. Um, uh, you know, I started. I moved to the states in '99, so I'm here for 20 years now. So, uh, looking backwards, you know, it's everything was magazine, the old style magazines, um, some local trade shows, 
and that's what it is. I think in 2007, eight, my budget for 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 uh, online, forget about social. Social was not existing. I'm talking about online advertising was was a drop in the bucket. Now you come, you shift to now. We're living in a different world. I mean, between online advertising and social media that was not exist before, it's 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 crazy. I mean, show me a designer or architect that's not involved in social media from the LinkedIn of the world through the Instagram, um, uh, Facebook. Uh, you know all the, the, uh, the usual suspects, obviously. But the world has changed way more. It's funny because it, it takes it it makes it a little bit more. Uh, as, as funny as it sounds, way more personal. I cannot even tell you how much, how much uh, communication, how much personal communication I have through my LinkedIn. The people that you know text you, ask you question, want to talk to you. Just it's it's become a way of living. Um, and, and I think it takes us as business owners to adaptation. You know, uh, we have to keep on adapting, keep on 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 looking what's what's current, uh, what's coming. Uh, Twitter of the world. If, if I'll tell you ten, if I would tell you ten years ago that you're going to spend the majority of your of your creating demand uh, funds through social media, you would laugh at me. But but it is what it is. So who knows what's the next step? That's amazing. Well, I love that you said that. You talked about you know how much more personal it is. You know, it's social media be social, right? And and that's why you know LinkedIn is a great avenue for that because you you know you spend time on LinkedIn, Eric, and that's a great way to connect one on one with professionals business owners where it's a lot more um, maybe of the right demographic, right? Of people that are going to be purchasing from you or working with myself, you know, it's a great avenue for that. And, and true. And, and think about it. You know, we talk about social distancing the, these days and we're talking about this old generation of smartphones and people are kind of stuck to the phone. But it seems funny to me that with, with all of that, we become almost personal when you're using these tools right. And that's the way to communicate. I, I have uh, hundreds of, of, of people I'm friends with that I didn't see them for over a year. I mean, designers that all over the country that I work in my in my last 20 years. And out of a sudden, I feel I see him, her, so much more often these days that not before it wasn't exist before. They know about me and my life and what I'm doing right now better than anybody else because they, you know, we see and feel each other on a daily basis via the social media. It, it, this is a part of our life now. And as I said, I wish I would know what's next, what's coming next. But, but, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it seems it's here to stay. That's what I feel like. Yeah, it's here to stay. There's there's no question about it. So let me ask you this then. You know, as, as marketing's changed, do you still see value in print? You know, would you give advice for a brand or a manufacturer, a company, or even a builder, designer, architect? You know, should they be using both social media and print? Uh, you know what? If you would always, if you will ask people that my my marketing teams all over my career, they'll tell you about it. There's a there's a one sentence I always using: be careful from your ego, okay? Because in marketing, it's very easy to fall into your to the ego trap. I mean, I I, I can't mention the name of a of a TV because. He's now the president of America, so it's going to be complicated. But I was invited to be part of a, of a very uh, lucrative um, TV uh, <laughs> event many years ago, and it cost a lot of money. And 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 I remember discussion with my team, and I said, "Listen, can you imagine what's going to happen to me tomorrow, to my wife tomorrow, when she's going to drop the kids at school? Everybody saw me. Wow, I'm so. Am I going to sell more?" Keep your eyes on the ball. That's the bottom line. Keep your eyes on the ball. Are you, is this specific tool in marketing will bring you more business? That's the key. And, you know, we all sell different things. In my product, you need it once every eight years and you look into it for two weeks, two months maybe. I'm not uh, a perfume that you're going to go and you're going to love my ad and you're going to jump right away and buy it. It's different. Same thing with you, by the way, if you think about it, right? So, the question is, where do you put your ads? Uh, how much you spend for it? The, the, the main question before ahead of me and ahead of, that should be ahead of anybody else is, am I going to sell more? We're, we're not energy drink. So 
the ends in, in, in our world, we're still spending money on magazine, traditional magazine, because we want to see a beautiful ad that show our beautiful product and stay there for longer. But we're doing this now in a different way. We're carefully analyzing where it's coming, where it's going to be, who's the audience. Uh, we are a luxury product, obviously. So I, I'm not going to put it in a, I'm looking at, at, at every angle. So I guess the bottom line is to be careful where you spend your money. You've got to be smart. I love that advice. I mean, what's really, you, you really hit home on a couple of things, you know, especially with social media, you've seen that, you know, certain people, you know, have business success or at least portray, um, um, you know, we, um, perceive that they've had success because of their social media, or maybe they got on TV show and it's blown it up. And some people are like, Oh, I didn't get on HGTV. So I'm not gonna be successful, but your stance was different. It's like, okay, well the fame is one thing, but how is that going to affect my business? Is that going to make my business better? Is that going to make my brand better? And so really it's focusing on the true culture of our company, the true goal and mindset of our company, not worry about some of the ancillary stuff that's out there. And then of course, as you mentioned, it's like, be very strategic in your marketing. You know, we all of us have seen value still with print or with social media, but utilize those resources in a way that's going to be best beneficial for you and your brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let, let me ask you this. I mean, as we kind of get into this conversation a little bit more, Eric, I mean, you have a fascinating background, you know, we we're talking about offline. And so tell us, you know, how did you get into, you know, starting uh, a national brand and now representing one of the premier brands? I mean, what is your backstory? Were you <laughs> always in manufacturing? I was born. I was born in Israel, um, um, and I'm saying, you know, I'm 55 years old with 50 years experience in stone. Because from the day I remember myself, maybe even more, maybe when I was three, I started. So I'm I'm coming from. My father is a stone fabricator. He's 82. He's still a stone fabricator. So I'm I'm running around stone shops from the day I remember myself. I think when I was five or six, I started to clean the shop. And then he let me use the drill. And then he used me learning how to cut. And then I used to install. Um, so I'm in the stone business all my life. Uh, quartz was introduced to the world in, in 1987, 86, 87. And that's when I started. So I, I can probably say I'm one of the first fabricators in the world that cut, ever cut quartz. And I did it until uh, 99 when I moved to the States. And I moved to the States because I saw the opportunity. Uh, quartz just started. And I felt that uh, I have um, the full package of understanding fabrication, understanding kitchen and bathroom designers, and, and have the passion to do it. So I took my wife and three daughters and did uh, the craziest move ever and, you know, and crossed an ocean and flew uh, 6,000 miles and started the business in, uh, in Los Angeles, California in 99. So, yeah, we started from the ground up uh, when... And I used to say that the biggest challenge we have is nobody wanted quartz. You know, we had the dream that one day we're going to have granite in the countertop because I grew up in America and my house had laminate with tile. And now you're coming and you offer me quartz instead of granite. Why should I touch it? So I can, you know, I can, I can write a book about the, 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 the kind of comments I got in the early days. But I knew it's going to come. I knew it's, it's going to be successful. You know, quartz is a... Um, is a great product for your count is maybe the best countertop you can have. So, yeah. so let's talk about that because I mean, you have an amazing backstory. I mean, you haven't grown up and then here you are, you know, uh, <laughs> flying to the U S you know, with your family. And then it's a, the, the true American story, right? I mean, it's success story right there in American vision. So, you know, as you're trying to bridge this mentality and this gap of people that want real marble, you know, real granite, real stone, as opposed to, you know, let's say quartz, you know, why should clients use quartz as opposed to a natural stone or granite? As I said, I think the biggest challenge at the beginning, uh, specifically in America, was that people grew up with a non-stone product at a countertop, and they knew that the best thing ever is granite, and one day they're going to use granite. And now we're trying to sell them quartz instead. Now, I think we're pretty much over this this discussion. Uh, quartz is already took over. I think is the, is the major uh, residential countertop already. But the reason for it is very simple. From every angle, you as a consumer going to check and look into it. It's a way better product. It doesn't scratch. It's it, first of all, it's cold and heavy, just like granite, like natural stone that got the reputation of being, you know. 
Um, so it's called an Evy. No stain, no sealer needed, uh, no scratch. You can you can cut it if you want to. Uh, heat resistant. Uh, it's maybe the most practical countertop you can have to your kitchen. Now, historically, the colors, the designs were very, um, I would say very cold, very modern back in the day, you know, pink, light gray, things, especially in America, we couldn't even kind of digest it. It's way, way, way extreme colors and designs. So I think everything has changed with technology over the years. Uh, but there's, I, I think we over this discussion of, of is quartz better than, because quartz is better than anything else. You're getting a warranty. You cannot get a, a 30 seconds warranty with natural salt. Here with Cambria, you're getting a lifetime warranty. Unheard of. Um, it's consistent in a way that you can choose, you can go online, you can go, I mean, it's consistent. It's a big deal. You don't have to to pick your specific slab within this design, which is a big deal. And granted, you can order tomorrow uh, 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 color X, and that's going to come with a vein in the middle exactly where you did not expect it, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, nobody's going to go the extra mile and send you the exact picture of your specific slab so you can pick it. It's way more complicated to purchase. And there's no warranty. So all in all... Quartz is the most practical solution, and I just and I love the look. So that's that's why quartz. Well, I know it's a, a big hit. I know a lot of the designers like it for that reason. There's consistency, so as they're doing their designs, because one of the challenges with the natural stone is, you know, it, depending on the dye lot, right, where it's cut in the mountain, or you know, it it can vary, right? You can have a sample. I mean, this happens to us with our flooring. We have a sample that was given to us, um, and then. Eight months later, when we order the pro product, right, it's at a different phase of, of manufacturing development, and the product that's shipped out is, you know, drastically different, and and we've seen a change in mindset, especially you know, especially on the modern homes where they're looking for a very consistent look, you know, before people would always want natural stone, you know, natural limestone floor, whereas now they can go with the porcelain that, you know, had technology's come so far, it looks so close. Now they don't have to maintain it, they don't have to service it. Um, you know, reseal it like they would a natural stone. So I'm sure that's appealing. Well, I've seen it. It's appealing to many of my customers as well. Yeah, but just keep in mind, and I know that, you know, I'll just remind you, I mean, the difference between quartz and porcelain. Because porcelain sheets supposedly, or originally, is supposed to go to outdoor application, right? Uh, barbecue, outdoor places where quartz is not supposed to go because of the polyester inside. Uh, my issue is about the look. Because porcelain, you can still see it's it's a print. Porcelain is a print, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. And today, quartz. I mean, if you look at Cambria now, it's like a natural stone. It's got the depth. It's got the look. Um, even the consistency is is kind of different. If you know what I mean. I mean, you know, because you know Cambria. Mm -hmm. uh, is it look way more unique versus porcelain, which is very very printed. That's the biggest difference I see. So, for me. Uh, residential indoor is a hands down. I mean, no question, quartz. I think is the winner. And by the way, you see it in places like Australia. Australia started 15 years before the states of, of uh, accepting the quartz as a product, and it's still by far the number one countertop. Uh, there's other countries in the world. I mean, it's the same thing. Quartz is the number one application for residential indoor countertops. So for anyone listening that's not familiar with, with Cambria or at least its application, I mean, what are applications that you recommend, you know, whether it be bathroom, showers, kitchen, you know, what are some areas we should be doing it and what are areas that we should be cautious or not do it? Uh, Cambria is great for any count, any indoor countertop application. Uh, we see showers, obviously the vanities, but we see a lot of shower walls, which is Amazing! It looks. Uh, I, I'm sure you can see it on our website. A bunch of a bunch of pictures of application. Um, that's the majority of it. We can do fireplaces. Oh, people use camera for fireplaces, but this is the key. Uh, people use it for flooring and stairs steps. I mean, you can use it for. Right now, we're trying to stay indoor. Uh, so pretty much any application of Sony. Uh, that's what we use Cambria. 
And and so why is that? Talk about a little bit why they wouldn't want to use it outside. Right now, the majority, if, if I want to use it outside, I have to compromise on the design because I need to change stuff in my technology. Um, uh, the, the, the existing or the current quartz, the way we do it and the use of polyester, polyester may, might get yellow a little bit. So, you know, you choose design X and it's going to get yellowish outside and it might warp a little bit. So we prefer to have, as I said before, super happy clients and not even take the chance that uh, I'm going to have uh, um, the, the, the product will be different. So we're trying to avoid it for now. Well, I love that because I love happy clients and I love that you're thinking about that for me. <laughs> it saves me a step. So, so as Listen, far as the last thing I want is get a call from you, Eric. You know, yeah. here, they have a problem. Go solve it. Yeah. <laughs> So then one, one other thing, you know, if you put it around the fireplace, do you recommend it a certain distance? So as designers are thinking about specking it, you know, to go vertical on a fireplace wall, how far should they keep it from the flame or from, you know, that firebox opening? We have very specific, uh, very specific instruction. You can find it on our website or we can send it to everyone that need it uh, with come to fireplaces. These days you can find a bunch of good fireplaces, which uh, I think they call it the cool wall uh, technology. Which means the wall, the wall itself doesn't get. There's enough. I mean, I mean, the the, the wall itself kept cool, kind of thing. Um, so we we can we can we pretty much the restriction are minimalistic. To be honest with you, I mean, you, you can do pretty much whatever you want, almost whatever you want on the fireplace, but just make sure to stick to our guidelines. Uh, there's a distance that we allow, and everything is there. There's not just there's a few more things you need to look into it when you come to design a fireplace application. I, I love that. And so what makes Cambria different? I mean, you, uh, as we alluded to, I mean, you've worked with all these different quartz brands and you've been around stone and manufacturing, you know, throughout your entire life. You know, what makes Cambria different? Huh, that's my my own uh, million dollar question, because that's what I'm, you know, whenever I go to, you know, partners, business partners and clients that know me for 20 years and look at me like, huh? So why are you here? What's the difference? <laughs> So this is a funny question that I have. Uh, I'm I'm kind of uh, answering uh, gladly every day. Cambria is a combination of ownership, which is uh, one su super unique. It's a family-owned, and listen, I grew up with a father as a fabricator. Uh, for me, family is a is a big deal. I know these days it's a unique <laughs> unique uh, package, but. Uh, it is so for me. The ownership of Cambria, that owned by a family, is 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 amazingly fun, easy to make decision. People care about the product. Corporate is a the word corporate, quote unquote corporate, because you know we have the tendency to see the quote unquote corporate American corporate that is kind of you cannot make decision. Here you can make decision. Uh, here you can have a debate with people that care. It's very very different. So that's. So from an ownership perspective, hands down, that was easy. Number two is the actual product. These guys, I said these guys with a, with a, with a smile, obviously, managed to take uh, the technology, tweak it completely, change it completely, take everything they know from um, uh, the, the, the food uh, background, if you will, because the, um, the Davis family came from the food, for the, from the dairy business, so kind of implement everything they know to the product and change it in a way that make it so unique. And you know, we always, I'm always joking about it. Every car dealer, uh, salesman would love to sell one day, sell a Rolls Royce. So that's what I feel that I'm doing these days. I'm selling a Rolls Royce. Uh, and it, by the way, this Rolls Royce doesn't cost like a Rolls Royce. The difference between us and the rest of the, of the gang is not that big, but we are a different product. We look different, 200 designs and, the quality, the depth, the clarity, I'm willing, you know, bring the samples, put them on the table. I don't have to explain anything. It's a different product. It's a different league. And there's also, I'm not even competing with a bunch of product that coming from a different machinery. That it, Then you see the, then it's a no-brainer. You see the quality easily. But even when you compare us to the original uh, companies that started Quartz, Cambria is a very different animal. Look different, different quality, product, different management. For me, it was a no-brainer. So I think that's in a nutshell why I'm here. I, I, I love that. And so talk to us about, you know, as far as the product itself, you know, 
you know, is there a difference without giving away your secret or recipe per se, you know, is there a difference with the amount of the quartz aggregate that's being put in the product as opposed to maybe other, um, you know, products out in the market? That's one of the key differences. Uh, if I look at the top three, four companies, theoretically, we're using the same machinery. Now, the same machinery, I call them the ovens, all right? Let's, let's compare ovens. So you and I can buy you, me, and pick another two and uh, buy the same ovens. And we can get the same recipe for a cake. Trust me, it's not going to be the same cake. I mean, I can do, I can try every day to copy my wife's cake. I, I just cannot. So, you know what? I'm stuck in cooking. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, so we managed to. Uh, we. It's not me again. I'm taking credit for something I didn't do. It. I think the um, the the people behind the technology of Cambria managed to take this oven and work on the recipe. And work on the oven itself, on the on on the actual technology. Because again, you call it just an oven; it's an understatement. It's a way more sophisticated and complicated technology behind it. So they managed to tweak to develop something completely different. That's one part. The other part are the ingredients. Cambria using what I'm saying, you know, I, I, and I can share with you and and, and the people here a, a story because when I joined Cambria and listen, I got the, I got experience and I, I I know cost of doing business. I know I know pretty much every line item on a balance sheet, and I saw that our cost of ingredient of the actual quartz is maybe triple than what I used to. So I was like, ha, see, now I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to call and I'm going to find. Look what I found out. So I called Marty Davis, he's the owner. And I said, listen, Marty, I think I found um, we are just paying too much. I think I can get it way, way, way cheaper. I was the smart, you know, the smarty in the, in the room. That's what I thought. <laughs> we went together to the, to the quartz quarry, right? And which we own it. We own the quartz quarry. And I saw the quality control of what we're using from the actual quartz, I, I didn't know if I need to cry or to smile. Uh, eventually, I'm smiling about it, obviously. But at the beginning, I was crying because I don't. Th I think we use maybe 10% of the product that others using, which means the top of the top of the top of the quality of the quartz. And that means by usually in quartz about clarity, density, and that's what you get eventually in the product. That's why we can look you in the eyes and say, lifetime warranty, we're standing behind it, no problem. There's a reason for it. We just spend so much more and getting more. Well, what I love about that story is I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, they talk about marketing, branding, you know, and sales. You have to create the story, right? You have to create the emotional journey. And that's what really people understand. And in a way, you've done that because what you've done for myself and the listeners, anyone that was listening to your story there is that, you know, for us to dictate our pricing to someone and say, hey, we're a better brand, we're a better product. Okay, well, why? You know, and well, here's why, right? And you can give, you know, see, touch, feel of what we're putting into this, the recipes and the technology and, you know, the foresight and the quality of materials that's different than anyone else is using. And you can paint this vision where people can listen and say, that makes sense. You know, there's 200 designs with Cambria. There's this background. Here's the quality for manufacturing. Now it makes sense. Now understand the branding and the lifetime warranty and all these things that go into it. And that is what now creates that emotional journey or herd mentality for people such as myself to purchase. Yep. And 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 there's another piece to this, which in our case, because again, we all we all we are we're in a society, we all like branded and beautiful things. But quite honestly, you spend a money on a beautiful, expensive branded watch. Trust me, it's it's the same. Usually, it's, a, it's not better quality than the cheap stuff. They're both going to show you the time, if you know what I mean. You buy it for other reasons. When you buy Cambria, when you use Cambria, you see the difference. There's a difference in the performance. First of all, it's the look. I mean, the look in, in countertop, it's part of the, it's, this is the product. It's, it's the, the, and, and then the usage itself. When you see that you use it time and time again, and there's no scratches, and there's no stains, and nothing happened, and if something happened, technician is coming right away to fix it at no charge. Uh, it, it, it's fun. It's fun to sell such an amazing brand that deliver the goods. So how, wh what's next for Cambria? I mean, you have 200 designs and some of your luxury styles, you know, we, we use a lot of those because they're such good designs, as you mentioned. I mean, how, how are you leading the charge on just the designs and creativity behind the scenes? 
I think that uh, again, design is our big, maybe our one of our one of our biggest tickets. Um, the, the the one of the thing. By the way, the as a side mark was one of the things that we're seeing more and more and more. The, the just the fact that we manufacture here in Minnesota, employing uh, uh, local people owned by uh, American people, and we don't go anywhere. It's already a huge part of, of Cambria DNA. It's a big deal for us as it is. Moving forward, uh, we first of all staying at the same place. We don't go anywhere. Physically, we're staying in the same place. And when it's come to designs, uh, we just launched 20 new designs in February. We're launching this month, uh, June. We're launching in June another 14. And we're going to keep on launching uh, more and more designs. So we're in the business to make our designers and architects and, and, and builders and consumer happy and be up to speed and ahead of the curve when it's come uh, when it's come to designs. And we're trying to combine our unique way to what people are looking today and what we think people will look tomorrow. We have some a lot of exciting uh, we have uh, lots of exciting uh, cooperation on on and and handing you know uh, holding hands to other people and working together on different colors and different designs and different trends so I'll keep you guys posted you'll see it coming very soon but uh, design is definitely a big part of, of what we offer well, I love that. I will say that your designs are very striking, and I know there's some that we've uh, been privy to, seeing some of the new designs coming out that I know a few of my designers are really excited about. I know you have this uh, black and gold coming out, um, and and it's fun for anyone listening. I mean, here at our office, and most of our customers have been here, and you know, in retail clients, we have a showroom, right? We have a Cambria showroom with 30 of your new designs here, and it's been a huge resource because when people come by to your point, and they see the full-size slab, right, cut in the full-size, um, you know, 60 square feet, and they can see the designs in person. I mean, you really see that quality and depth, as you mentioned here on the podcast. But sorry, Brad, I missed the question here. Oh, no, you're good. I was just talking no. about um, – I'll edit that part out. I was just talking about our showroom. So. So, Eric, you know, are there any other collaborations, you know, you're doing with other brands or, you know, what else is upcoming outside of the new designs for Cambria that we should be looking out for? Uh, some of the things that's coming up, I can't even uh, uh, disclose right now, but we are working and trying to work uh, with, with, uh, with big names in the industry, uh, people with creativity uh, and, and business partners that can help us get there. Um, we work with every major uh, kitchen company, appliances. We really, I think we really, uh, and when it's come to designs, uh, I think we are ahead of the curve. And as I said before, with the 14 new designs that we're launching um, in the next month, and our plan for the for the next years, be honestly, was a completely radical, uh, different way of 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 tackling, if you will, the design world. I think uh, I think we have a pretty impressive plan, and um, you'll see it coming shortly. Well, Eric, I, I can't thank you enough for making time to join us today, and just your insight and you know advice, you know, as far as branding and you know how to look at the dollars that we're spending, and then how to market that. And then, of course, sharing some of the benefits and applications for Cambria. You know, Cambria has been a great partner of ours, and we love our Cambria product and Cambria home. So can't thank you enough for making time to join us today, Eric. Thank you, Brett. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, you're a great partner. Uh, I would love to speak with your audience. And uh, w whenever anyone needs anything, I have any question, you can reach me via my social media. It was, was, was pleasure. I'll, I always take calls and uh, feel free. Thank you so much for this uh, stage. Uh, love working with you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Eric. And yeah, and anyone listening, if you want to come see some amazing product, it's downstairs in our showroom. So thanks again. A big thanks for all of you for tuning in and all the continued support. And just a reminder, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud and give us a five-star rating. It really helps us uh, to keep this podcast alive and going strong. And a couple exciting guests that we're going to announce. So Two of our guests coming up, we have Claire Stazak, who is an amazing interior designer out of Chicago and who's been nationally published and has some great insight about marketing and how to build your brand through social media. And we're also going to bring on Jeremy Andrus, who's the CEO of Traeger, 
And for all of you that love to smoke on your Traeger, uh, that is not why we're bringing him on, although that's a huge benefit. Uh, I have a Traeger myself, but the reason we're bringing on Jeremy, he has an incredible story about entrepreneurship and building systems and protocol and how to fix company culture, especially when it's toxic. Has an amazing story, so much to offer, so stay tuned for these next episodes.